It's 11 minutes before the hour, and you are listening to Raven Radio KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, April 13th, 2022. I'm Catherine Rose, and this is Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly met last night, it approved the sale of the former Sitka Community Hospital building and land to the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium for over $8.2 million. Search bought the Sitka Community Hospital business, but not the building, in 2019. That agreement included leasing the property from the city for five years to house its long-term care unit. The consortium signaled interest in purchasing the building in late 2020. In 2021, the Assembly decided to give Sitka voters a chance to weigh in on the sale with an advisory vote on the municipal election ballot. The result? Roughly two-thirds of voters cast their ballots in favor of selling the land and building to search. Then in October, the former Assembly authorized that sale on a six-to-one vote. Since then, City Administrator John Leach said city and search attorneys had been ironing out the details in the final agreement, which the Assembly unanimously approved last night. Purchasing the property is the first step in a $38 million remodel project. Search plans to expand its long-term care unit in the existing building and build a multifamily residential building with 28 apartments. We'll have more coverage of last night's Sitka Assembly meeting on local news tonight at 518. After a challenging year in 2020, chum salmon returned to the top of the list of Southeast Alaska's most valuable hatchery-produced fish in 2021. Coho, or silver salmon, were a distant second. KCAW's Robert Woolsey has this update from last week's regional aquaculture meeting in Sitka. Hatchery chum salmon are so valuable to Southeast Alaska's salmon fisheries that they're not even on the same chart as the four other species. Based on preliminary estimates, chum were worth about $25 million to the commercial fisheries in 2021, out of a total $31 million for all hatchery-produced species. Flip Pryor is the aquaculture section chief for the Alaska Department of Fish and Game. He led the department's twice-yearly regional planning team meeting in Sitka in the first week in April. The rebound in 2021 is in part a function of the market during the lockdown in 2020, But there are other factors that are less well understood. Trollers, for example, landed nearly $5 million worth of chum in 2021, their second best year, even though the hatchery chum return has been generally larger over the past decade. Chum, compared to kings and coho, don't always strike troll gear with much enthusiasm, but sometimes they do. This was one of the years the fish were really biting. The chum were biting when they were coming in, and that's not always the case. There's some years they simply don't bite. They they come in deep, and they they aren't hitting hooks, basically. And and so the, the trollers don't do so well, and this year they did really well. There are a few theories about the will they or won't they behavior of chum, but no research. Pryor says a best guess is food availability at sea as chum return to spawn and whether the fish are satiated or hungry when they're intercepted by trollers. It could be that simple. What's not especially simple is managing around it. A large forecast for hatchery chum in any given year can raise the troll fleet's hopes, but it doesn't always pan out. You know, one year it's way up, and the next year it's way down. It's like, okay, how do you, how do you, <laughs> how do you manage that? And um, it's just something that you got to do in season, and it's just one of those 
weird things you have to deal with. As good as 2021 was for Chum, it was still below all the pre-pandemic years as far back as 2010, and it was less than half the record years of 2018 and 2012 when hatchery Chum were worth almost $63 million. Saners and gillnetters catch most of those fish and get proportionately more value for them. Trollers, however, do get considerably more value for kings and coho than the net fleets. After chum, coho were the second most valuable hatchery salmon in southeast in 2021, worth about $4 million, with trollers taking almost 90% of that value. Hatchery kings came in at around $800,000 for trollers and far less for saners and gillnetters. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. A Sitka man who spent a half hour in the ocean after his kayak capsized last weekend was rescued by a quick-thinking passerby who swam from shore and pulled him to safety. The Good Samaritan was aware of the risks, however. She's a five-year veteran of Sitka's search and rescue team. Roman Solar moved to Sitka in February, and with spring's arrival, he's been getting a taste of the outdoors with kayaking. He went for the first time in early April, but on his second planned trip, his friends couldn't go. Because initially we planned a group of people, but like other people were busy, and um, um, and some people kind of changed their minds. So um, I was kind of like the only one left over. And he's like, "If you want to go, you can borrow the kayak." Um, so I borrowed the kayak from here uh, from him. So around 5:30 in the afternoon on April 10th, he set out for his first solo kayaking trip in Stargavin Bay. He paddled three miles toward Nakwasina Sound, but as the sun dipped, he turned around to go back. As he was nearing the Stargavin boat launch area on his return trip, the water began to get a little choppy. A wave hit his kayak, dumping solar into the ocean and swamping his boat. He tried flipping the kayak sideways to empty it. I flip it sideways, and instead of like water going out, like even more water gets in, and now it's like 100%. Um, like the compartment where I sit is 100% full of water, and the compartment like behind me is like 100% full of water. Solar estimates he was about 2,000 feet from the shore, so he tried to swim the distance. I tried like swimming as hard as I could for maybe like 15 or 20 minutes up to the shore. But then I look back, and the kayak is right next to me, and nothing changed. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like where I was, you know. He tried swimming the backstroke, too, and then he just held onto the kayak and yelled for help. At one point, a boat drove by in the distance, and Solar yelled out to them, but they didn't hear him over their engine. Then, after about half an hour, Solar saw something moving toward him in the water. And I'm thinking, this could be like one of those buoys, um, or this could be someone's head going towards me. It was Sheila Swanberg, and Solar was in luck. She's a five-year veteran of Sitka's search and rescue team. She's kind of your utility knife in uh, search and rescue. She can do a little bit of everything. Fire Chief Craig Warren says that evening, Swanberg had been walking her dog on the path at the Stargavin Estuary. And Sheila heard something that she dismissed as a duck. And then she heard it again and said, well, that's a weird-sounding duck. And then the third time she heard it is when she realized that there was a kayak out there. Warren says she took off running, flagging down a car that was driving by. She told the driver to call 911, and then she tied up her dog, set down her phone, and swam to Solar's aid. She helped him swim back to shore with the kayak. She was so brave. She, she like, risked her life. 
um, go going like this very cold water and swimming like such a long distance like towards me. While Swanberg was responding, the fire department got a boat crew together to rescue the kayaker. But Swanberg managed to get Solar to the shore fast enough that the fire department had to trade the boat for an ambulance. They cared for Solar and took him to Mount Edgka Medical Center, where he was treated for hypothermia. Solar is on the mend now and incredibly thankful to Swanberg for saving him that day. He says at first he was embarrassed about the accident, but now he's hoping others can learn from his mistakes. And maybe my mistake will actually save save some other people from from doing the same or like, you know, getting into a very dangerous situation. He says in the future he probably won't kayak alone. He'll go with a group, get better gear, and maybe pick a warmer day too. Fire Chief Craig Warren says kayakers should be aware of their skill level and the weather. It was gusty on April 10th. He says Solar was lucky Swanberg had been there. Sheila is really the, the hero of the day, though. You know, she just did what Sitkins do. We help each other out. She had no idea who this person was, and she didn't think twice about it. She just went in to rescue this person. Uh, she didn't have any of her response equipment. She was just being a good person. What's a minimum level of service that's acceptable for the state's marine highway system? That's a fundamental question a new ferry oversight board could be grappling with this year. The legislature last year created the Alaska Marine Highway Operations Board to make recommendations on the direction of the state ferry system. It held its first meeting in February. The board is tasked with providing input on a short-range plan for vessels, docks, and terminals, updated annually, along with a longer and more comprehensive document that steers decisions in decades to come. Board Chair Shirley Marquardt, a top ferry official under Governor Bill Walker, said the system needed to make decisions well before a long-term plan is complete. I guess I would just want to be sure that, that the development of this plan, which is going to happen whether we like it or not, doesn't stop the Alaska Marine Highway System from making needed changes and being able to present those um, changes to the legislature, to the administration. That longer-term planning process could take one to two years or more and could address which ports to serve, types of new ships to build, and how to operate the passenger and vehicle service over thousands of miles of Alaska's coastline. But it can also include more immediate decisions on retiring aging vessels or making repairs. The board has more online meetings planned this spring, along with an in-person meeting in Ketchikan early next month. I'm Catherine Rose, and this has been Raven News.